Well, good morning, Broadway family. We are certainly glad that you're joining us as we celebrate Easter together. We know that we're separated by distance, but we can still celebrate our risen Savior. And because of that resurrection, we can sing together, In Christ Alone, Our Hope is Found. Won't you stand wherever you're at and join us as we sing this morning? In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. But heights of love, but depths of peace, when fears are sealed, when striving cease. so glad that you have joined us this morning. If you're new with us, maybe this is your first time tuning in. We especially want to say welcome to you and happy Easter to you and your family from all of us here at Broadway. If you're new with us, we want to connect with you as, as digitally as we can. So if you would do us a favor and you can send a message to our Facebook page, you'll find the link at the top of, of this post and just simply say, I'm new. We've got people who are monitoring those message feeds and we certainly want to connect with you and uh, learn more about you and your family and how we can minister to you through uh, this quarantine. So we certainly want to connect with you. Again, we are thankful and blessed that you're here this morning. You're going to have an opportunity to worship with us through singing and through some special music. And you're also going to have a chance to worship through giving. Uh, I'm going to ask our guys in the booth to go ahead and post a link to our online giving page, as well as go ahead and throw up our text to give number. Uh, and you can find that number on your screen. Again, we would encourage you, uh, Broadway, you've been so faithful through this. We would encourage you to continue being faithful in, in giving. And so we are, are certainly blessed uh, to, to be able to be with you this morning and want to encourage you to join us in worship. Now, we've got a special message for you this morning from Zach Bauer, our minister of students. Uh, Zach is going to share with us a, a passage of scripture and a prayer. Happy Easter, Broadway. Uh, we miss you. Uh, I would like to read a passage of scripture over you and then pray for you as well. 
I'm going to be reading from Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Let's pray. God, we come to you because you are our Savior who died for us. You were slain for us, and today we celebrate your resurrection, your conquering over death, God. And this is how we are to live, knowing that you have defeated the grave. You give hope to us and to all who believe. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us uh, the power and strength and wisdom to be your witnesses to the world, to shine the light in the darkness. And God, we look to you during these times. May we be emboldened um, by your spirit to speak the truth and to proclaim your great name to all who need to hear it. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Zach. You know, I'm so delighted this morning to be able to lead you in worship. I'm David Dale. I minister music here at Broadway. And we're so glad you joined us with our online presentation this morning. There are many hymns of uh, faith and many hymns even about Easter. One of my favorites is How Deep the Father's Love. And I'd ask you to join us in singing this hymn. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch's of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which are the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon a cross my sin upon his shoulder ashamed I hear my mocking voice among the scoff. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no in Jesus Christ his death and resurrection why should I gain from his reward I cannot give an answer but this I know with all my heart his words have made my ransom we have been blessed so many years to have Scott Collins and Dave Highland singing for us at Broadway, and they're going to share some very special songs this morning. Scott and Dave. You know, there's no more important words in, uh, in language than he is risen. And we're going to do a song now that talks about that great sacrifice where the Son of God, the sinless Son of God who came and paid the price for our sins, was nailed to a cross and on the third day he rose. Since that blessed night in a manger, she watched her baby grow. Seems like yesterday was in her arms. Where did the time go? He learned his father's trade. As she marveled at it all The sweat dropped from the little carpenter As he made the timbers fall 
She can hear the driving nails upon the hillside And she prays that his spirit will not fail She watches as a young man undertakes his father's will As she stands and listens to the driving nails In the streets of Jerusalem, a child can disappear. She was frantic as she looked for him, and she began to hear. The hammers up at the temple, she called him as she ran. Surprised to find him teaching like no ordinary man. She can hear the driving nails upon the hillside And she prays that his spirit will not fail She watches as a young man undertakes his father's will As she stands and listens to the driving nails Darkness covered all the land in the middle of the day. She began to tremble and the earth began to quake. The hammers, nails, and timbers of the carpenter's train made the sound that pierced her soul as the cross was being raised. She can hear the driving nails upon the hillside And she prays that his spirit will not fail She watches as a young man undertakes his father's will As she stands and listens to the driving nails As she cries and listens to the driving maid. Thank you. <laughs> This next song is uh, it's called He is Alive. It was written by Don Francisco in the 70s. And it was a song that really had a lot of impact on me. It's just basically the story, the gospel of Peter is told through his eyes what happened that day. The gates and doors are barred and all the windows fastened down. Spent the night in sleeplessness, rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow, half in fear of the day. Find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. Then just before the sunrise, heard something at the wall. Gate began to rattle voice began to call walked over to the window looked down into the streets expecting swords and torches the sound of soldiers feet but there was no one there but Mary so I went down to let her in John stood there beside us as she told us where she'd been she said they'd moved him in the night and none of us knows where His stone's been rolled away, now his body isn't there We both ran toward the garden, then John ran on ahead We found the stone and the empty tomb just the way that Mary said But the winding sheet they'd wrapped him in was just an empty shell How or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell Well something strange had happened there Just what 
I did not know. John believed a miracle. I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation could not lift me very high. Cause I'd seen them crucify him. Then I saw him die. Then suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. I just fell down on my knees, clung to him and cried. He raised me to my feet as I looked into his eyes. Love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. Guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet release. For every fear I'd ever had melted into peace. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. Heaven's gates are open wide. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Jesus. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much, Dave. It is. That was wonderful. I appreciate y'all coming here this morning. I hope everyone's having a happy Easter. So um, we're so glad you're here. You're able to watch on Facebook Live on our broadcast. So I welcome our, our little crowd here in the sanctuary. It's certainly unusual here being on Easter morning, and um, it's different. This is probably the first time ever you've ever maybe not been to church on Easter, as well as it's probably uh, the first time ever you've, uh, I guess, done e internet church. So it's um, un un unusual with that. But we're so glad you're here. Like Chris said, I do want to um, uh, welcome you and your family. If you're there in your living room or wherever you're at, uh, pull your Bible out. Go ahead and open it up. We're going to look at two different scripture passages here in your Bible. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 12, and we're also going to look in our Bibles at John chapter 20. So Proverbs chapter 12 and John chapter 20, and that's John 20, 11 through 16. And what's powerful about these passages, we're going to be looking at what we call the emotions of Easter. And we're going to see some different scriptures, and uh, the different scriptures actually, uh, I was just on a minute ago on the little where folks can make comments, if you're able to post the little bulletin uh, from the church website, that way you can actually follow along and see some of the things here I'm talking about. Um, we create a little Easter bulletin with that. So if someone's able to post that, that certainly is helpful to everybody, uh, with everyone. But I want to read just scripture. I think I have it up here on the screen. It's Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Look here what God's Word says. If if you are, maybe you're joining us and you're um, not part of the Broadway family with these uh, internet services, you have no clue uh, who's watching or could be all over the place, I guess. But we're going through the book of Proverbs. We're going through a chapter a day and we are here in chapter 12 because today is the 12th. And I want to show you, this was one of the verses today. It's called anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down. But a good word cheers it up. Are you anxious this morning? Do you have lots of anxiety in your heart? Are you being weighed down? Is it just with all the uncertainty? And I mean, gosh, what really was this? Was this like the fourth Sunday now that we've had uh, internet church? And you're probably wondering, when, when do we get to get back out? When does... 
the coronavirus uh, let up? When does it end? But this morning, here on Easter, we are excited because the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. What happened? He was buried. He had died. And on Sunday morning, this is why we worship on Sunday morning. The Sabbath is actually on Saturday. But on Sunday morning, Mary and Peter then came. They go to the tomb and they met an angel. An angel had come, rolled back the stone. Jesus walked out. He walked out. He is alive. Just as the song we just sang right here. And our hope is not in a religious leader who's buried somewhere. Our hope is in a Savior who's in heaven at the right hand of God. Jesus right now came out of that grave. He spent 40 days on earth. And the Bible says He appeared to 500 people. And then on the Mount of Olives, He ascended into heaven. And that's where He's at right now. And we know one day Jesus will come back to this earth again. And He will come as the King of Kings. He died on a cross, crucified as a criminal, but He will return in glory. He will return in authority. And He will come for His church. So whether or not the church is actually in the church building, or you're at your home, or wherever... You are worshiping the Lord, and you are part of the church. If you need a good word this morning, you have come to the right place. And I want to encourage you, if you're right there watching this on Facebook, I want you to click share. And here's why. Because I'm about to share a good word. We're going to see here the emotions and the different powerful things that happen surrounding. Because... Obviously, we were not able to invite our friends, family, co-workers to church this morning. A lot of visitors come here, but you can invite them on Facebook. It's a way that you can certainly, uh, I guess, be a witness to whoever's out there all over the place watching. So this is a good word that you need to share. The disciples were sharing, so that's how you could certainly share. They became Uh, witnesses. That's what it it literally means. So this is going to cheer you up. Do you know death is not the worst thing that can happen to you? It's not. Death is not. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is you dying without Jesus Christ. Jesus came. He was resurrected so that you can be saved. And when you trust in Him, and you'll have an opportunity a little bit later, To give your life to Jesus, you can be saved. You know, if you died right now of the coronavirus, and I saw on the news yesterday where 20,000 Americans have tragically passed away of the coronavirus, do you know, if you are saved, you're going to heaven. If you die of the flu, you're going to heaven. If you die of a heart attack, if you pass away, If you have Christ in your life, death is not what happens. You will close your eyes when you die. And you will open them up. And the first person you will see is Jesus Christ. And you will say, Jesus is Lord. That's the first words you will say. You will see. You'll look at Jesus. And you'll look at His hands. And His hands will have holes in them. You'll look at His feet and they'll have holes. Jesus says, when we see Him again, it'll be like He left. When Thomas, remember Thomas, think about the emotions of Thomas. We actually, in our devotion this morning, we were talking about Thomas. Thomas, he doubted Jesus. You might be, you found this somewhere, you're watching this broadcast, and you have doubts. He doubted Jesus. And Jesus held out His hands. And He says, Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Jesus probably had sandals on. That's how he was able to look at his feet. Come put your fingers in them. Look, still, the holes are still there. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus Christ 
Some of you, your doubt is anxiety and fear. You have been paralyzed the past few weeks. You're just in fright. And Jesus Christ is looking at you. God's looking at you say, stop doubting. Just trust me. Whatever happens, if we die, we go to heaven. We open up our eyes and here's Jesus. We're all going to die at some point unless Jesus returns. Now, we don't want to be foolish, but it's, we have to have trust in the Lord. We trust and we obey. That's what we're called to do. You know, tying this in with uh, some of the current events going on, a lot of folks have asked me recently about the end times. Could the coronavirus be a part of that? And I'll, I'll quickly answer that. You know, the answer is we don't know. But we do know Revelation chapter 6, verse 8. It tells about what we call the seals, which is the beginning of the end times. And uh, what will usher in the end times of what we call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And it's basically these four horses riding now. It's not literal horses. It's uh, events that would occur. And the fourth one is a pale horse. It signifies death. And if you read that there in Revelation 6, 8, it talks about the death is actually brought upon by pestilence and plague, which is a pandemic. That's a disease. Now, obviously, we don't know if the coronavirus is that, but we do know one day there will be great death throughout the world. And that will be a sign that we're living at the beginning stages of the end times. Again, what can we do about it? All we can do is trust the Lord and daily live for Jesus. If we are at the beginning of the end times, or the end times won't come for hundreds more years, that should not affect your daily walk with the Lord. We know the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And what do we do as a result of that? We wake up and say, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And you're serving the Lord with your family, hopefully right now, in your living room, watching on your computer or on your TV, worshiping here because of an empty tomb. All right. Proverbs 12, 25 tells us we should not be anxious. That a good word cheers us up. So let's find a good word. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of John. Flip over in your Bibles. John chapter 20. But while you turn there to John chapter 20, because we're going to look here at Mary Magdalene, that she, we're going to look at the different emotions that happened. And she was very emotional when she came to that tomb. She found out it was empty. But we're going to look at surrounding the events just right there around with Jesus' crucifixion and with his resurrection. I want to share, I, want, I think we have them up here on the screen. I want to go through them. They're there on your little bulletin insert, I want to bring about, share about some of the emotions that occurred. The time of, obviously, of Jesus' death, of his, uh, his resurrection, the events surrounding it, it was very emotional. Remember Peter? Look at this. Peter. He was the leader of the disciples. He was a fisherman. He was a bold man, strong, probably somewhat cocky, arrogant. Jesus told him he was going to deny him three times when the rooster crowed. He said, there's no way. Peter, when Jesus was being arrested, swung his sword, off, cut off a man's ear. Do you know what happened to this man? This man, when he heard that rooster crow, he had denied Jesus three times. He went out and wept bitterly. And while Jesus was on that cross, Peter was nowhere to be found. Jesus had to reinstate Peter. That's why he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Because he, he was so emotional. He had failed Jesus so much, so bad. Have you, have you sinned? Do you come this morning with a broken heart? Have you been doing things you know are wrong? 
you can identify the emotions with Peter. He sinned against the Lord. All right, let's look at Judas here. We got another one. We got Peter. He's weeping. Judas. So Daniel, how was he emotional? He, the Bible, this is what's crazy about Judas. Judas, we know, was a disciple. He was one of the twelve. He was the money. Uh, uh, he, he was the guy. He was the treasure. Speaking of that, see, when I think of money. I hope you're able to give online. You can mail in your offering. Today is our Annie Armstrong Easter offering, so you can certainly give to that. That goes to supporting North America and America reaching it for Christ. And I'll tell you, there is no better time for reaching America for Jesus. Our country is in need of revival. Do you know there are people right now who are afraid? They are open to gospel invitations. They're open to hearing about the Lord. They're, 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 they're just anxious. And you can certainly make that phone call, send that email, shoot them a text, and just encouraging this Easter. In fact, I want to ask you, will you do that today? Think it, today is Easter. Here we are on the internet. We're celebrating a risen Savior, an empty tomb. Who do you know that is lost, that is scared? Will you reach out to them at some point in this day? You know, I'm sitting here thinking, Sherry and I, we know some folks. I could just send them a text, send, make a call to them, and just let them know, hey, happy Easter, Jesus' lives, just thinking of you. Do you know what's frightening about Judas? He was with Jesus three years. He heard every sermon. He witnessed every miracle. And he was not a believer. Just because you're watching an Easter broadcast does not mean you're saved. Just because you write Happy Easter on Facebook doesn't make you a believer. Judas was right there amidst all of them. The Bible says that he was lost. Judas was with Jesus. He sat in the pews and he went to hell when he died. Do you know what Judas did? He was very emotional. He betrayed Jesus. He received 30 silver coins. He went to the chief priest. They gave him some money. And then, after in the Garden of Gethsemane, he kissed Jesus. And what happened was, Jesus was arrested. They hauled him off, and that started Jesus' arrest. Judas, it says, he went out. This is in Matthew 27. He was full of remorse, and he went and returned the money. Stingy people, you don't see them return money a lot, but he did. He went back, returned the money. And this is what's unusual. He confessed his sins to the chief priest, not to God. Listen, we do not confess our sins to a priest. We don't confess our sins to a pope. We don't confess our sins to a preacher. Who do we confess our sins to? We confess our sins to God. Jesus is the one who forgave you of your sins. He's the one who came out of the tomb. If you are full of remorse, if you have a broken heart, you bring it to the Lord. But he confessed this to the chief priest. The man went and committed suicide. That's emotion right there. All this is surrounding. J Judas. He was full of remorse. There's a difference. Remorse is different than repentance. Repentance is turning from sin. Remorse is feeling sorry. Jesus doesn't want you to feel sorry this Easter. Don't feel sorry that Jesus came out of the, the tomb. Jesus is God. That was his plan from the beginning. He, 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 he came out of the tomb. He died for you so you can live. So when you die, you open up in your eyes, you see Jesus. Judas there. He just felt sorry. And then he just went about. That's what remorse people do. They feel sorry about it. They maybe throw some money, leave a tip, give their offering. And move on with their day. Look at this. There's another character. Pilate. Pilate had sentenced Jesus to death. 
And you know what's frightening about Pilate? Pilate was one of these guys. He knew Jesus was innocent. He knew the chief priests and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, they just wanted the man dead. That's why he was in a Roman court, because they, the Jews didn't have authority to execute him. So what's really interesting, what he did, Pilate, I had a basin of water here, Pilate, after he sentences the man to death, he goes over and washes, it's like the coronavirus, he washes his hands. dried him off, and went on. As if that meant he was innocent. Do you know, Pilate was guilty. He knew Jesus was innocent. He knew these people, and he was trying, he was even trying to get Jesus released with Barabbas. To release Jesus to Barabbas. And he kept asking these questions. What has Jesus done? He was then, by washing his hands, he was trying to show that he was innocent of Jesus' blood. And what's frightening about that is he felt, you know, by this public symbol, I just want you to know that I'm really guilty. Listen, if you go out and kill someone... Even if you go and, and clean up the evidence and wash your hands, the man's still dead. Jesus is still died. He still died on the cross. And I think what we have to do is trying to, it's almost like, remember growing up, and uh, maybe if you told a lie, if you had your uh, fingers crossed, and they were behind your back, and say, hey, my, my fingers are crossed. It like, gives you permission to lie. That's not kind of what Pilate was doing. He was trying to show that he was innocent of Jesus' blood. And it didn't work. Keep going here. Look here. After Pilate, Pilate had a wife. Pilate's wife, she became emotional during uh, Jesus' crucifixion and while he was on trial. And what happened is she sent word to uh, Pilate. She had a, the Bible says, she had a terrible dream. She was troubled. Say, who controls dreams? You know who controls our dreams? God controls dreams. And she sent a message to Pilate while he was trying, trying Jesus on trial. And she sent the message saying, I have nothing to do with that man. I'm being terrified at night over him. She's having dreams of Jesus. I mean, everybody at this point was thinking of Jesus. They were being bothered by him. Something was occurring. She was suffering because of what had happened. After Pilate's wife, Jesus finds himself on the cross. And the Bible says the criminals on the cross next to Jesus, look, they at first they both rebuked Jesus. They were insulting him. And they were telling him, says, hey, you know, the Bible says on each side there was a criminal being crucified with Jesus. And what happened was those criminals were mocking Jesus. And they said, hey, king of the Jews, you saved others, but you can't save yourself. Save us. But do you know what happened on that cross? One of those men repented. He turned. He started out as a mocker. But then he realized, I need to be saved. And then he started rebuking the other man for mocking Jesus. And he looked at Jesus. And he says, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom when your kingdom comes. Jesus looked at that man and says, today you will be with me in paradise. Do you know that? You talk about a deathbed conversion. That man was saved, and a few minutes later, he was dead. He did not have a chance to get baptized. He didn't receive believers baptized. His baptism was on the cross next to Jesus. You can get saved even at the point of death. And that man on the cross did that. He started out as a mocker. He repented of that, and he became a believer. So even if you've been mocking Jesus, even if you've been doubting Jesus, this Easter, God is bringing you 
to this point so you don't become a mocker. You become a believer. You put your faith in him. Faith in him. So how do I get saved? You just, just like that man on the cross. There aren't magic words. That man looked to him and said, I want to be with you. Jesus saved me. And he did. The criminals were mocking him. Right there, there was a centurion. They became emotional. Do you know when Jesus died, the Bible says there in Jerusalem, a great earthquake came. Jesus was nailed to the cross at 12 o'clock. He died on the cross at 3 p.m. The reason why 3 o'clock is that's what time the afternoon sacrifice were, what was occurring. The temple there tore from top to bottom. Could you imagine that high priest? They were there making the offering. All of a sudden, the curtain tore. And that signified we no longer have to go to a priest. Here on Easter, you go directly to God. Jesus is who you pray to. You don't pray to me. You don't pray to a priest. You go directly to the Lord. And the centurion, when he witnessed this earthquake, and it was dark, the Bible says darkness came over the land. It says that the death of Jesus, the centurion, who was a Gentile, he was not Jewish, he was lost. He confessed Jesus as the Son of God. He witnessed this man die, and he said, surely he must be the Son of God. A centurion, a Roman centurion, was saved at the foot of the cross because he witnessed, because he was so terrified at what happened. Jesus is now dead, and there was a secret disciple. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a Pharisee. His name was Joseph of Arimathea. Bible says when Jesus died, he became emboldened. It says he boldly said in Mark 15, 43, that he boldly approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. He witnessed, he witnessed uh, Jesus' death and he went and requested the body for burial. He had been a secret disciple, but now he was emboldened for more. And you know, maybe you have been secretly following Jesus. And you need to come out and say, I'm now, I'm ready to be bold for Jesus. I want this Easter to, to come out and start living for the Lord. I'm tired of just, just going along with the crowd. I'm go, I want my life to count. I want it to mean for, mean for something. You know, I was, uh, I read a Baptist Press, which is the little news service for the Southern Baptist Convention. And I was reading about a, a, young, a young lady, a, a nurse, in New Orleans. She's in her early 20s. And Sherry and I, we, we used to live in New Orleans there when we were in seminary. And she worked at the ER, the ICU with the coronavirus, and it's really hit hard down in New Orleans. And she, she got infected and was exposed to it. And now, because she, she got it from treating others, she has become a great witness to others. She has been emboldened in her faith. And she, she was a NAM missionary with the North American Mission Board when she was a college student. And she thought, you know, God has given me my life, given me this unique time and this experience. I'm now going to become emboldened for him. She became a Joseph of Arimathea. She realized at some point you just wake up and say, I'm going to start living for the Lord. I'm tired of being in the closet. Not only Joseph of Arimathea, look at what about the crowd? The crowd there, they witnessed Jesus' birth, or Jesus' death. Do you know it says they went home beating their chest? Do you know what happens when you beat your chest? You're not a caveman. You're not a monkey. You don't belong in the zoo. That was a, that was a sign in the Bible times that they were saddened. They regret. They realized, oh my. Maybe this man who died on the cross, maybe he was the Messiah. 
Maybe Jesus was who he said he was. There was a sense of sadness. And they regretted what happened. They didn't necessarily say they became believers. But they realized this man was different. Do you know, when Jesus was de- dead, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they had strong emotions. Do you know, they also went to Pilate. Everybody's now going to Pilate because he had washed his hands of this. So they have to come to him. Joseph Arimathea went to get the body. Now the chief priests and the Pharisees, they approach Pilate and they go and ask for Jesus' tomb to be made secure. Why would they do this? Because they said Jesus' disciples could come and steal his body and claim he was resurrected. Do you know why they wanted that tomb secure? Because those men were afraid. They were afraid, and they were probably knew it was going to happen. Jesus was coming out of the tomb. They didn't believe, but they witnessed everything else that happened with the man can happen. Came true. If he raised Lazarus from the dead, he's probably come out of the grave too. So they, Pilate had the men, his guards, secure the tomb. They sealed around the stone with a form of, it would be similar like a concrete, a seal. And they put Roman guards right there to secure the tomb for three days to make sure no one stole the body. The chief priest and the Pharisees were afraid. They were emotional about it. Keep going here. The guards. Do you know a resurrection morning? They saw an angel and it says, the Bible says they became like a dead man. Dead men. Matthew 28, 4. Literally. They became scared. They just shook in fear and fell over. Look at the emotions. I'm sure if we saw, if you saw an angel, you would also be frightened. In fact, everybody in the Bible sees an angel is frightened in fear. Not only that, the women, they come now. They saw the angel. They ran from Jesus' tomb with fear and great joy. You know, think about it. You see an angel, obviously you're going to be frightful, but Jesus' tomb, it's empty. So there's also great joy. There's confusion. They don't understand what's going on because they haven't seen Jesus yet. They haven't actually met him. But they are frightened, obviously, by the angel. So there's all these mixed emotions. Just like today, there's mixed emotions going on with the coronavirus. There's mixed emotions being quarantined, having internet church, having internet Easter. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty with finances and your job. Maybe you've been furloughed. Maybe you're just anxiously waiting to go back to work. Waiting for things to get back to normal. Making sure you don't want to get sick. Then after the women, look at this. It says the 11 disciples heard from the women. Do you know these 11 disciples came? Notice there's 11 because obviously Judas has hung himself. Their meeting, probably in the upper room where they had celebrated and remembered and observed the Lord's Supper with Jesus. And here comes these women, and they're saying, He's alive. The tomb is empty. We saw some angels. Haven't seen Jesus yet, but something happened. And it says they did not believe. Their words were like nonsense. Jesus is calling you and I not to respond like the initial disciples. That's that is, shows you also that even the disciples, they did not understand that Jesus was going to be resurrected on Easter morning. Nonsense. Jesus is dead. His body is now buried in that tomb. He died on a cross. And do you know what happened? Jesus actually, when he came out of the tomb, he took a walk. And it says he walked to a little village seven miles away called Emmaus, just right outside Jerusalem. And there were these other two disciples. Look at this. These other two disciples were walking along with Jesus. And it says they were discouraged and arguing. They're arguing because there's just, there's a lot of unusual, confusing things, events that have occurred. 
And it says, Jesus came up. There, they, I mean, a lot of people respond differently. Have you been in an argument lately with your family members? Have there, you know, since you're stuck at home, have, you been, have there been extra fighting broke, broke out? Well, here are these disciples. They are discouraged. And when you're discouraged, it's easy to start lashing out. That's why negative people, that's why people who are down the dumps, they go and attack other folks because they're, they're mad. They came out, and Jesus comes along, and he starts walking along with them. And he started teaching them from the Scriptures all about how the Messiah was, prophet, was predicted and prophesied in the Old Testament, and all these things came true. And then they got to Emmaus, and when they broke the bread, Jesus disappeared. He vanished. He went to Galilee. That's where he went. And then they made a comment. Listen to this. This is what the Word of God does to you. They made a comment that when Jesus was sharing with them the words from the Old Testament, the Word of God, their hearts were on fire. They were burning. That's what the Word of God does to you. Is your heart on fire this morning? In fact, turn your, turn your Bible. Told you earlier, turn. Now we're going to make it. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 11. Now we're about to look at the one lady who met Jesus. All these other events were surrounding Jesus. But now, what's happened here? Is there a lady named Mary Magdalene? She came to the tomb first. And she saw the empty tomb she met the angel she went and told the disciples they said we don't believe you you're like nonsense but then mary magdalene is interesting she came back to the tomb and this is before jesus left the area and started going to emmaus and she's going to meet so she believed the gardener you've been doing a lot of gardening lately do you have a gardener are you the gardener I want to tell you about Mary Magdalene. She had been set free from seven demons. She suffered from demon possession. And Jesus freed her. Do you remember when you were saved? You remember when you were spiritually lost and Jesus set you free? That's what the empty tomb does. When you get saved, Jesus frees you of sin. The Bible says here, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Look at the emotions there. She's crying. He's gone. What happened to him? Where is he? Even the disciples don't even believe me. Have I, have I lost my mind? She's probably thinking, am I crazy? Did I really just see an angel? Why do none of his disciples believe? And she's alone at this point. Mary Magdalene, you know, she's interesting. She was probably a wealthy lady. She could have been a widow. And there's never a mention about her husband. But she was one of the most loyal followers of Jesus. She probably financially supported his ministry and helped greatly. And I think it's interesting that she was the one, after everybody else, all those disciples there in that upper room rejected Jesus' message. She thought, I'm going to go back. She went back to the tomb and she's crying. She now sees the angels again. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying. One at the head and one other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? And that's one of the ways they addressed in Bible times. Woman, why are you crying? What's bothering you? That's a kind way of saying what, 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 what's bothering you? What's, what's wrong? She says, I don't know where they've put them. Having said this, she turned around. Look at this. She saw Jesus. So she turns back and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. Because she's, she's upset. She's emotional. She's confused. All they know, and she doesn't even recognize she's talking to an angel, probably. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? The angel's just asked why she's crying. 
Now, Jesus wants to know, why are you crying? Maybe Jesus is asking you that this morning. Why are you crying? But let me rephrase it for today. Maybe you're not crying. Why are you anxious? Why are you worried? Why are you worried this Easter morning? The angels asked Mary Magdalene. Jesus asked a Mary Magdalene. Why are you worried? Why are you crying? Who is it you're seeking? Who are you looking for this morning? Why have you tuned into this Easter worship service? Why are we worshiping this morning? That's what Jesus is saying. Who are you seeking? What have you come for? You want a message from the Lord. That's what you've come for. She wanted Jesus. I hope you find Him this morning. I hope you find Him today. I hope you bring your altar, or you bring your anxiety to the altar. You bring it to the empty tomb. You lay it at the foot of the cross. Supposing he was, poor Jesus, the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, so I will take him away. She wanted to anoint his body. Mary Magdalene was there to care, even for the corpse of Jesus. She was going to make sure he received a proper burial. She's going to provide for this man. The man who freed her of seven demons. She wanted to make sure he was taken care of. Here it is. The words of Jesus. Verse 16. Last verse we're going to look at this Easter morning. Jesus. Look at this. Now she's thinking it's the gardener. We're planting some flowers. The graveyard. Said to her. Mary. Turning around. She turned around. She said, I recognize that voice. She said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means, Teacher, it's you. He spoke her name. And she stopped crying. She stopped worrying. She stopped being anxious. She stopped worrying about the coronavirus. And all the stuff that had drug her down. Because she's there. There he is. And do you know it says that she came. And she clung to Jesus' feet. And she clung on to him. And he looked at her. And said, stop clinging to me. But you go. Go tell the brothers I'm alive. I'm here. I'm going to Galilee, Mary. It's me. She physically touched his feet. He was alive. I'm going to invite you this morning to bring your anxiety, to bring your crying, to bring all your burdens this Easter. This is an Easter unlike any other. And you, like Mary Magdalene, you bring them to the feet of Jesus. She clung to his feet. And just like he said, Mary, he's calling your name. He's saying, David, Chris, Scott, Dave, Sherry, Huey. He's calling you. And he's inviting you to come to the cross, come to the empty tomb, and lay it before Him. You want to give your life to Jesus this morning? Are you ready to trust Him? You have brought all of these anxious things to the cross, to the empty tomb, all your, all your hurts. And Easter morning, Jesus is saying your name. He's calling you. You're at home. I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. And we are going to put our hands out.
Won't you stretch your hands out to Jesus? Listen, if Mary Magdalene can stretch her hands out and cling to Jesus, I want you to cling to Jesus this morning. We're going to trust him. And I want you to bow your head. Just like that thief on the cross, he said a one-sentence prayer and he got saved. You can get saved here on Easter. A lot, a lot of emotions this morning. A lot of uncertainties. You bow your head and your hands are raised. Jesus, I cling to you. I bring my anxiety, my worry, my hurt, my doubt to you. Jesus, forgive me. I've sinned. I don't want to bring remorse. Rather, repentance. I turn from my sins. I believe. Jesus, save me this Easter. I'm yours, Lord. Amen. Won't you look up? You gave your life to Jesus. He loves you. He came out of that tomb for you. Whatever you have, you bring it to the empty tomb, just like Mary. She was there to serve him. She didn't know what, who she was talking to. She's talking to a gardener, talking to angels. Doesn't even realize it. She was confused. But Jesus spoke her name, just like he's speaking your name. I want to hear from you. Send, send our church Facebook page right here, a message. Let me know if you gave your life to Jesus. Let me know what I can pray for, what we can pray for, what our church can pray for you about. Make a commitment this Easter. The time is now for you to no longer be that secret disciple. You become a Joseph of Arimathea and you become emboldened and you begin to live for him. Have a wonderful Easter. He is risen. Jesus loves you. I hope to hear from you. We will see you again every Sunday, 10 a.m., right here on Facebook Live. Happy Easter. Jewish families We had all headed out to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast There was Joseph the carpenter there on the road with his wife and son He asked my papa Will you have a lamb? When the Pesach comes Papa said Joseph Joseph Our family small and poor We have not a spotless lamb To lay before our Lord Then Joseph asked won't you join our family for the Lord has provided lamb Moses wrote in his book of law two small families should join and then they should share the land share Long ago the Father placed it in His plan That we should share the Lamb Share the Lamb If another stands in need
in our hands we should share the land where we all sat down to the Passover Seder Joseph didn't preside we drank the cup Ate the bitter rose, the bread was buried, pierced and striped. The questions raised, the lamb was served. Then Jesus, he spoke out aloud. This meal holds shadows of things to come, when the Lamb of God must ransom man. How could I have known on that very day That the boy with whom I dipped my bread Would be buried, pierced, and striped one day Then rise up from the dead I had to tell everyone I knew I'd seen Passover fulfilled Jesus was the Lamb of God And by His stripes we're healed From the rooftop shout He is risen First fruits from the dead We must serve the Lamb to a hungry world As we hold His truths in our hands How could we not Share the land Share the land Long ago the Father placed it In His plan That we should share Share the land If another stands in need We hold the answers in our hands We should share the land We should share Yeah.